Holy Week began last Sunday with Palm Sunday. We were reminded that Jesus traveled along the road marked with suffering, entering Jerusalem on his mission to make peace between us and God and make it possible for us to know God. Jesus then entered the cruel, sorry, endured the cruel brutality of the cross on Good Friday. Today is Easter Sunday, and we celebrate that the Messiah who sacrificed his life to save us has risen. He has risen. Amen. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive, and his love is stronger than death. His love is stronger than death, and we share in his risen life. That's good news. Are you with me? Yes, that's good news. Critics, skeptics, cynics, agnostics, searchers. Many people, understandably, may be wondering how, how is what happened to Jesus relevant today? By asking questions like, what is the point of Jesus dying and rising again? What does it have to do with the rest of us? And what does it have to do with me? This gospel passage today has reminded me of three things that have always given me hope and assurance and peace. Peace throughout my faith journey. Especially when travelling on the road marked with suffering. The first source of peace was that Jesus went to the cross in my place. The second source of peace is that Jesus was resurrected and makes a way for me. The third source of peace is that Jesus is the word of God. So what do we need to know about the passage? And we'll focus on those three things as we explore the passage. The first source of peace was the cross and crucifixion of Jesus. The crucifixion of Jesus exposes the horrific brutality and ugliness of sin and a corrupt system. On his path to the cross, Jesus was scared. He was lonely. He felt betrayed. He was arrested. He felt abandoned. He was accused. He was rejected. He was imprisoned. He was ridiculed. He was stripped. He was beaten. He was humiliated. He was scourged. He was exhausted. He was robbed. And he was nailed to a cross and crucified. To the scribes and the Pharisees, the idea of a crucified Messiah was unthinkable because the law stated in Deuteronomy, anyone hung on a tree is under God's curse. And we know Jesus experienced the curse for you and for me so that we don't have to. That's good news. <laughs> that is good news, trust me. That's good news. 
The image of the cross would have struck people with terror. It was a visible symbol on a daily basis in the city of Jerusalem. And it would have struck people with terror. The cross revealed the wretchedness of humanity and the need for forgiveness for sins. The cross was not a tragic accident solely orchestrated by evil men through a corrupt religious and political system. No. The cross revealed God's intention from the beginning because God's love for us has always been in his heart and his mind. God's love for you has always been in his heart and his mind. The cross was not plan B. It was plan A. It wasn't an emergency measure to pull us out of the ditch when everything else had failed. William Barclay argues, the cross was a window in time, allowing us to see the suffering love which was eternally in the heart of God. It was on the cross where the extent of God's love for us all is fully revealed. God loves you so much, he was willing to go through the cross. And it's on the cross where peace with God has been purchased and paid for. It's been purchased and paid for. And we can know peace with God in our hearts. This side of the cross, every day is resurrection day for us. Every day is resurrection day. The cross of Jesus brings us peace. The cross of Jesus brings us peace. So, the second source of peace was the presence of Jesus. Christianity was not founded on the dreams of distorted minds or on the lips of liars. It was not creatively constructive to capture imagination, although it will. Christianity is rooted on the one who acted in history and faced and fought and conquered death and rose again. He rose again. Christianity is not based on fanciful ideas, but rooted on factual events with the hard evidence of eyewitnesses and written records. Are you with me? The apostles and other disciples of Jesus were meeting together in the upper room behind closed doors that evening from the passage. They were discussing all they had witnessed. Cleopas and his friend were also there, sharing their incredible encounter with the risen Jesus on the road to Emmaus. We thought about that a few weeks ago, didn't we? Jesus had opened their minds to scripture and their eyes to see him when he broke bread before them. And now, suddenly, when they were sharing all of this and talking together, suddenly Jesus appeared right before their very own eyes. And he was standing there among them. We might have expected the disciples to breathe a great sigh of relief. Ah, oh, he's here. Or sing a song of praise like we sang this morning. But they didn't. They were startled, they were terrified, they were frightened because they thought they were seeing a phantom or a ghost. But Jesus' body 
was not a figment of their imagination. He was risen. He was there before them, flesh and blood. It all happened so suddenly that they were totally unprepared, despite the fact a number of disciples had already seen Jesus risen and were talking about it. Perhaps the condition of their fragile hearts had something to do with their expression of their fears. Jesus wanted to calm their troubled hearts. And the first thing he said to them was, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I am with you. And he says that to us today. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Remember, we learned on Palm Sunday that Jesus rode into Jerusalem to bring peace between God and humanity. Here, Jesus wanted to bless the disciples with the peace of his presence. The God of peace had raised Jesus from the dead. And so there was nothing for them to fear. They didn't need to be scared. Jesus made a way. Remember, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross made peace available to all people, to you and to me. Jesus then asked them why they were afraid. Why are you afraid? And why their hearts were filled with doubt. He said, look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see it's really me. And he encouraged them to touch his body to be certain that he was not a ghost. Touch my body. I'm alive. They were filled with joy and wonder as they gazed upon the marks of Calvary imprinted on his body, his glorified body. To reassure them further, Jesus asked them for some food and he ate it in front of them to prove once and for all that ghosts don't eat fish. Ghosts don't eat fish. Despite seeing him die, Jesus was very much alive, very much alive. The disciples had purposefully locked themselves away. They were terrified of the consequences of the authorities because they'd been his disciples. If they crucified Jesus, they're coming for us. They were scared of the system, the power of Rome and the religious political system. They locked themselves away in the upper room and Jesus appeared to them through closed doors. He appeared to them through closed doors. His resurrected body wasn't just a restored human body like when Jesus raised Lazarus. Jesus' resurrected body was a glorified body able to appear and disappear. Walls and doors were no obstacle for Jesus in his resurrected form. It was immortal. His body was immortal, but yet still showing the marks where he had been mortally wounded. This should fill us with joy 
Because one day, one day, we will inherit a body like this. A glorified body that won't wear out. A glorified body that won't have aches and pains. A glorified mind that won't tire or suffer. This should bring us joy, that we will inherit a glorified body. Brings me joy. (laughs) One day we'll be like Jesus and share in his glory. And the presence of Jesus brings us peace. The resurrection of Jesus brings us peace. And thirdly, the third source of peace was the word of God. Just as Jesus had done with the Emmaus disciples, he opened the minds of the disciples to understand the whole of the Old Testament scriptures and how they testified about him and pointed to all that he would accomplish. Jesus not only enabled them to understand the law, the prophets and the Psalms, but he showed them how it all fitted together and pointed to him. The priestly figure Moses prophesied about Jesus long before Jesus was born. He said, the Lord your God will raise up a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites. You must, you must listen to him. The kingly figure David and Isaiah, the prophet, prophesied about Jesus' sufferings and predicted his resurrection looking forward to a future day when God would rule over the entire earth. I don't know if you know this, but that's where it's heading. That's where history was heading. And that's where our present day is heading. Jesus promised the disciples that they would receive power from God. They would be filled with the Holy Spirit And they would go out to all the people of all nations to call them to repentance and to receive forgiveness for their sins. Sins is a strange word for many. It means the mistakes we've made, our wrong thoughts, our wrong actions, our wrong deeds. That's all it means, sins. God forgives us for all the mistakes that we've made. They're incredible privileges also brought responsibility because now Jesus was calling them, the disciples, to be witnesses of all he had said and done. Big responsibility. With great privilege came a big responsibility. But they had to wait. Before they could go out into the world, they had to wait. They had to wait for the Holy Spirit to fill them up and equip them for the task at hand. In a similar way, just like the disciples, we have to completely rely on God, calling us and sending us out in the power of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is not in us, working through us, forget it. Forget it. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us for all that God is calling us to do. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to equip us to share the good news about Easter and the risen Lord. Are you with me? Yeah. 
as Christians, and we're all on a journey, but as Christians, we've not been called to judge other people. We've not been called to condemn other people. But we've simply been called to witness to the world about who Jesus is, pointing people to him and telling them how they can be saved and know and experience his love today. That's all we're called to do. Point others to Jesus and reveal his love for them. You must be sat there thinking, well, that's easier said than done. I don't have a degree in theology. I've not done a course on evangelism. It's not easy to talk about Jesus with others, especially in this day and age. It's a challenge in our society. Even the disciples who knew Jesus really, really well and had lived with him and ministered with him for three intense, intense years had to wait for the Holy Spirit to fill them because they couldn't do it by themselves. They needed the Holy Spirit to fill them up and to equip them for the task. And also, even after witnessing Jesus' death and resurrection, the disciples needed Jesus to touch their minds, to understand who Jesus was. Even though they'd spent all that time with him, they still needed Jesus to touch their minds so that they could fully understand who Jesus was and how all the Old Testament scriptures pointed to him. That should give us encouragement because if the, if the disciples didn't have it all together, that should give us encouragement, shouldn't it? And they spent all that time with Jesus. They knew him personally and intimately. I want you to remember this, that witnessing about Jesus is not something that we do for the Lord. <gasps> what? Witnessing for Jesus is not something we do for the Lord. It's something he does through us. Are you with me? It's something he does through us. But we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There is a huge difference between an animated sales pitch and a spirit-empowered witness or dialogue. Few people will ever come to Jesus at the end of a heated argument where perhaps you think you've won the day. Few people will come to Jesus at the end of that. But I believe many people, many people's hearts and minds will be opened when the love of Jesus is encountered through his people and through his word. People come to Jesus when they meet us who are carriers of the Holy Spirit. People come to Jesus when they meet him through us and our faith in him and his love. The early church left the safety of the upper room and were sent to take the good news out into the world. And we go forth in the authority of Jesus' name, in the power of his spirit, 
heralding his gospel of his grace. God's desire is that the world will hear the word of God, the message of salvation, because the word of God brings peace to people's hearts. It brings peace to troubled lives. Are you with me? We need to be passionate about this. God makes all the difference. He's made all the difference in my life. And he wants people out there to encounter his love. Today is Easter Sunday. And I'm really pleased to see you. Each one of you. Really pleased to see you. But why? Why is our church not jam-packed with people from Taunton who desperately want to express their wholehearted worship towards God and for all he's done and accomplished on the cross. Why? Well, there are many distractions in our time that lead us away from thinking about important spiritual questions, aren't there? There are a huge variety of sports teams and clubs accessible that are physical, engaging and exciting there are electronic devices and games consoles that are fun and addictive. Social media. There are shops with all the latest gadgets and gizmos and with all the latest home improvements. I'm not against these things. I enjoy those things. But for some people, they've become a distraction, a distraction from asking the important questions, and for searching for truth. So what do we need to do with all of this? We need to make sure that we're living our lives with the confidence that Jesus is risen. Today is a celebration. Jesus is risen. And we must completely rely on the power of the Holy Spirit as we witness to the world about him. In this world, hatred is prevalent and fear, fear is a ruler in people's minds. But Jesus has made a way for us to know and experience his love and peace. Jesus is more than a historical figure who lived 2,000 years ago. He's alive today and his agenda is that all may know him encounter his love and be found, be found, pulled out of the ditch. Jesus wants hearts and minds to know him and experience him. Jesus wants a relationship with all of us. All over the world today, Jesus' agenda is being carried out by his disciples. It's not yet finished until the world hears about Jesus. It's not finished until everybody hears about Jesus. And we need to share the message, the Easter message, that Jesus has defeated death, has made forgiveness for sins possible, and has made a way for us to know God personally. And through the Holy Spirit, he has given us peace. I've shared a lot with you today. How can we remember this? As disciples of Jesus, every day is resurrection day. 
Every day is resurrection day for us. Our confidence and peace in the reality of the cross. The resurrection of Jesus and the words of Jesus are our foundation. They are our foundation as we take the message of God's love out into the world. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may deepen our friendship with you and know your deep love for us. Help us to share the gospel message of love and forgiveness with others and give us courage, courage to live our lives as people of the resurrection, people empowered by your spirit to live resurrection lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Send your spirit to us. More of you, more of you. Amen.